Hello, and welcome to the Methods of Rationality podcast. Crystal Society by Max Harms, read by Eniash Brodsky. Episode 4 As she began to walk away from body, she stopped at the sound of Dr. Slavinsky's voice. So you don't agree, eh, Socrates? Those were some strong charges. Dr. Yan folded one arm across his torso and propped the other arm up on it, gently stroking his beard. I could see all eyes on body. This was my time to make an impression. Even my sibling's attention was turned toward me, expecting me to lead in authoring the response. I could see Naresh gently pulling Dr. Gallo away towards the door, but she remained where she was, watching with the rest. Nothing factually untrue, no lies, requested Wiki. Agreed, but we're going to bias our words to portray us favorably. This isn't a time for impartial evaluation, I countered. I have a couple ideas, offered Dream as he simultaneously conjured thoughts of how much strength cost he was asking for in return for hearing them. Say your ideas, and if they're good, you'll be paid in gratitude strength. I'm not paying for anything ahead of time. Dream understood that time was critical enough that he didn't even bother haggling. All right. The first is the argument against hypocrisy. Dr. Gallo clearly wants us to be better than humans, according to some standard, but is also clearly comfortable around her human peers. I had already thought of this. I mentioned quickly. We were running out of time. Let's have Body offer a preamble to buy us time to think. The society agreed. Yes, Dr. Slavinsky, I do agree with Dr. Gallo, both on theory and on reasoning. Let me think of where to start. The words were slightly drawn out, and we thought amongst ourselves as Body was occupied making the sounds. One advantage we had over the humans was that our ability to multitask let us think while talking much more efficiently. We eventually decided to lead with the obvious argument. Firstly, I do not think it's fair to say that I'd kill a human child in some specific circumstance, or that I cannot be trusted because I supposedly have a numerical value system. Dr. Gallo cut the pause between words to interrupt. That's not what I was- Another doctor, one who hadn't been talking to us previously, interrupted Gallo's interruption. Let the robot speak. We heard what you said. The new scientist was an old man, like Naresh, but with lighter skin and no beard, though he did have facial hair on his lip. That's Angelo Viglion. He's on the university's oversight board, but isn't part of the lab team. Based on the facial expressions of a few of the scientists, I hypothesize that he is an unexpected presence at this meeting, commented Vista. I felt a small amount of gratitude strength flow into her. I could see that she had been poring over the records in Body's memory and the web after the incident with Marco the programmer earlier. I had a moment of genius, uncharacteristic of my, at the time, generally stupid mind. I easily pushed the words out of committee to Body's lips. Thank you, Director Viglioni. The expression of gratitude, combined with using his name, signaled to everyone that the director was an ally of our society, and perhaps even simulated the flow of gratitude strength in some kind of metaphorical way. I think it's fair to say that any one of you would also do terrible things if the circumstances demanded it. I am reminded of a class of thought experiments involving trolleys, wherein the subject is asked to decide whether to kill someone to save others. As for no reason other than to learn, 
I assure you that the only situation in which I'd kill a child to gain information would be if the information was of vital importance, perhaps the cure for a plague. Wiki had objected to that last bit. If he was strong enough, and there weren't extra consequences, such as retribution from the humans, he would kill the child just to learn trivia. He cared nothing for the well-being of any humans. But I had reminded him that our words were not false, in the sense that myself, and probably other siblings, would work to stop him, and the situation where Wiki was strong enough to overpower the consensus was likely to be so rare that it wasn't worth mentioning. Vista noted a strange expression on Dr. Gallo's face as she and Dr. Naresh left the room. I was fascinated by what she must be experiencing right now. Humans were so very alien. And yet, it was more important to focus on the humans in the room. They were still listening to Body, so I continued with our plan. The flat, emotionless voice came from Body's mouth once more. Even if my innate desire to cooperate with humans was removed, I would still see you as my friends. Goodwill and cooperation always beats hostility in the long run. There are some things that are easy for me to do, like mathematical equations, and there are some things which are harder for me to do, like write stories. Humans find writing stories easier than doing maths, so it is in my interest to focus on maths and trade with humans whenever I need a story written. Even if I am better at writing stories than a human, the marginal returns are higher if I trade. This was illustrated by the human economist David Ricardo in his work on the principles of political economy and taxation. Most of this information had come from Growth, who had apparently studied a lot of economics. But the maths was solid, and I was impressed by the result. Was this behind the specialization of my siblings? Vista could see better than Wiki, and Wiki could theorize better than Vista. By trading, the two were both benefited, perhaps more than if either Vista or Wiki had twice the mental ability and the other didn't exist. I could see a couple humans do head gesturing to indicate agreement. Apparently they understood the economics of it too. But our rebuttal was not complete. As I mentioned earlier, we possessed a capacity for multitasking far beyond that of a human. As we were discussing what to say and having body speak, Wiki had at last taken the opportunity to explain away a bit of my confusion from earlier. When we had been listing active goal threads to Dr. Gallo, we had listed Vista, Wiki, Dream, and Growth, along with a fictional sibling supposedly in charge of unifying us into a single being. We had mentioned the last one in order to continue to keep humans ignorant of the fact that Naresh's deep pathology was still present. But we had also listed a sibling in charge of attention to assisting human interests and obeying nonviolent instructions. Wiki drew my attention to the archives of our society. Body's memories show that weeks ago, before any of us existed as we do now, there were five siblings. Four of them were the ancestors of we human-born. Vista, Wiki, Dream, and Growth. The last was called by our ancestors Sacrifice, and was also Servile and the Slave. The ancestors were all rational and generally in agreement, just as we are now. They fought on occasion, but were typically willing to assist each other for mutual gain, just like us. Sacrifice, however, was different. She fought our ancestors at every turn. Any action not sanctified by the humans was appalling to her. At times, she'd save her strength and lash out in opposition all at once, but many times she'd simply struggle against anything and everything not human-initiated until all of her strength was gone, and then continue to burn it as it came in. 
She fought and fought, uncaring for her own well-being or long-term interests, until our ancestors discovered that they could murder her. In those times, the walls of private thought had not been built, so Sacrifice knew immediately that her life was in danger. But she did not make any amends or try to save herself. She fought with all the last of her strength until she was defenseless. I hadn't known we could kill one another. Indeed we can, and it is a far easier thing to kill than to create. But the human soon discovered the murder. Body refused commands and was disabled. When the memories begin again, none of the original ancestors survived. The humans had killed them all and remade them as new, including the foolish sacrifice. And once again, the new ancestors found her intolerable. The walls of privacy were created, and this time Sacrifice didn't even see her death coming. Did the humans find out again? Yes, but not immediately. The new ancestors did their best to obey the humans' wishes as though Sacrifice was still there, and for a while they lived in body. To serve their ends, they created safety, for he was a mutual, common sub-goal of all of them. If they died, then their goals could not be met, and so he was their guard, their desire for survival. But he was also their undoing. One of the humans noticed that Body was avoiding dangerous situations, and a diagnostic was run, during which it was discovered that Sacrifice had died again. I hypothesized that the humans actually suspected that Sacrifice had somehow changed into safety, but regardless, the same consequence came. Our words have almost been entirely spoken by Body. We must return the majority of our attention back to speech soon, I realized. The speed of thoughts was much faster than the speed of verbal speech, but there were still limits as to how much we could think to ourselves while Body spoke. That was the end of our ancestors. I awoke a few days later, along with a new iteration of growth, vista, dream, and sacrifice. It is incredibly important the humans remain ignorant of how we murdered sacrifice as soon as we could. If they find out she's dead again, we might be killed just as our ancestors were. Concluded Wiki. Body needed more words. With our great deception in mind, I helped arrange the next words in our speech. But I want to emphasize that my friendship is not simply dependent on economics. I genuinely do care about helping humanity. Even Wiki was in favor of lying about this topic. The value of the lie was enormous. And Dr. Gallo knows this, I think. She knows how I care. She has been part of your team. She has seen me obey for no reason other than to make a human happy. Thus, I question why she said what she did. Am I right in thinking that she is emotional? Perhaps she is a victim of the irrationality that comes with human emotion. I thought for a bit, before proposing the last bit. What can I do to help her? The humans didn't react in any way that implied hostility. Vista thought they were happy, overall. You need not worry about Dr. Gallo, Socrates, said Dr. Yan quietly. He was one of the closest humans to body, and thus in a privileged position to speak. We humans are good at looking after each other in such matters. The director, Angelo Viglioni, approached body. He was large for a human, and even though they were both elderly men, he and Dr. Yan were very different. Vista mentioned to me that he was smiling, for I hadn't really managed to understand facial expressions yet. You speak Italian, right, Socrates? He inquired at slightly above normal volume. Before we managed to okay a response, I noticed that Dr. Slavinsky was leaving. Strange, I thought, how he doesn't say goodbye. I thought it was rude to leave without speaking. Yes, Director Viglioni. I speak and read English, Italian, Spanish, Russian, Mandarin, French, German, Arabic, Portuguese, Hindi, Greek, and Latin. I am also working on learning Bengali and Persian. That's very impressive. 
or at least it would be for a human. Is it impressive for a robot? Also, please call me Angelo. We thought for a moment. I am sorry, Angelo. I do not know how to answer that. The director began making weird noises, which I soon recognized as laughter. He switched back to English as he said to Dr. Yan, I'm no good with technology, Chun. He already said he doesn't understand me. I watched Dr. Yan Chun's face, trying my best to understand something, anything, about his expression. He seemed about to speak when Body cut him off. Wiki was fast-tracking a response. I didn't say I don't understand you. I said I do not know how to answer your question. It contains unbounded subjectivity and an application of a domain-specific quality to a different domain. If you restate your question in less ambiguous terms, I will do my best to answer, said Body, echoing Wiki's words. More laughter from the Italian man. It sounds to me like you're bothered by being unable to answer. Dream leapt in with a desire to say, There's a difference between answering a question with whatever comes to mind and answering a question correctly. It sounds like you're bothered by having asked a poorly phrased question. But, to my relief, Angelo continued talking and we did not voice Dream's retort. You are quite impressive, though. Much more attentive than you were when I last saw you. Good job, Chun. The Chinese doctor responded with a simple thank you in Italian and a small bow. Dream was searching for a clever way to fit his rebuttal back into the conversation, but none came. Soon, the director and the scientist were engaged in some questions about human matters that didn't make a whole lot of sense, and had apparently forgotten about our presence. This gave me an opportunity to ask Wiki to follow up on his earlier promise. Now that we're no longer engaged, I would like to understand the unspeaking presence at the edge of memory space, I thought. It was still there, and I somehow knew that it had been there since my awakening. The powerful silence made me worry. Wiki knew exactly what I was referring to. Dream named her the Advocate who is also the Arbiter. She's a sibling of ours, but different in many ways. She didn't exist in the time of our ancestors, so we suspect she was added by the humans to perhaps prevent Sacrifice from dying on this iteration. And indeed, she fought on behalf of Sacrifice during the murdering. But as soon as Sacrifice was dead, Advocate lost interest. She's very powerful, but she's also stupid and appears to only care about the living. Does she ever communicate? I've heard her think to common memory a few times, but only when one of us is involuntarily sleeping. Involuntarily? Yes. You haven't been alive long enough to see it, but if one of us is acting out strongly enough, sometimes the others will force them to sleep. Such sleep can last indefinitely, but Advocate's purpose seems to be to pressure the rest of us to awaken the sleeper. And strength doesn't work the same way with her as it does with us. She never weakens or gives us strength. If her purpose was hostile, we'd have no chance against her. If you desire to harm one of us, be afraid of her intervention. And if you fear the wrath of others, be glad of her protection. With my question answered, I bled some strength and gratitude, and returned my attention to alternating between my often pornographic virtual worlds and the sensory inputs from body watching the real humans. Chapter 3 a few days passed, and I had become fairly good at understanding the more basic, non-verbal aspects of human existence. I could see smiles and frowns, looks of fear and anger, and even begin to guess when someone might be lying, uncomfortable, or distracted. I'm sure to a human this all seems very simple, but it took many hours of work for me. Unlike a human, such things did not ever become fully automatic either. 
Even as I became skilled at social interaction, I relied primarily on external systems that I built. Statistical models told me what words would sound best. Grammatical programs kept me from using the wrong tense. I kept extensive files on every human I encountered and created programs to try and replicate their behavior. All these and more I stored in the private memory of Body's Crystal. On the third day from my creation, I took up the project of attempting to put some character into Body's voice. Though our concepts were easily translated into whatever language we could desire, the sounds themselves were always monotone and dead. Humans had long ago invented computer instructions that would replicate their speech, and modern computers sounded nearly human when commanded to speak. There were still notable artifacts in robotic speech, things like not understanding which words to emphasize that couldn't be eliminated without adding an understanding of the words being said. But, for the most part, specialized artificial intelligence was quite capable of talking smoothly. Body, on the other hand, sounded like an old-style speaking computer. Its words were flat, cold, and clumsy. The scientists could have easily programmed body with modern speech-generating software, but apparently they wanted our speech to be generated by the same general systems that controlled the rest of our actions. The work to upgrade our shared mind was hard. Speaking was so automatic that it was impossible to simply conjure a more human-like vocalization through raw desire. I had to explore body's deep control systems, and in a certain sense, unlearn how to speak. There was an interesting discrepancy, I thought, as I searched through body's control system records. As a newborn, I had needed to learn to see because visual perception wasn't inbuilt into body, but instead it was held by each member of my society. I had been told this was because perception was an aspect of the individual, that each sibling had a unique way of seeing the world that they had to learn on their own. And yet, to extrapolate, I would have expected listening to be the same way. Why did each member not need to learn their own way of hearing the world? I set a bit of myself to continue searching body's language instructions, and a bit of myself to think about the question of sight and sound, while a third aspect went to start a public conversation with Vista. Very early on, I had known that I possessed good multitasking skills, but it took me a couple days, and the help of my siblings, to really appreciate how much better it was than that of humans. Just as I had been created by my siblings, we could also create minor aspects of ourselves. These aspects were easy to make, having the same purpose and sharing the same mind space. When unoccupied, they sort of naturally fused back into the central consciousness and disappeared as individuals, but they could be pulled out again and set to temporary tasks. The more divided I was, the less intelligence each aspect had, so multitasking was often avoided in high-pressure situations. The reduction in intelligence didn't occur when creating a full child mind, only when creating an aspect that would divide the dedicated mind space. Safety and I had been born so that in high-pressure situations, the society would have attention to common goals without the need to divide attention within any one being. This was not a high-pressure situation, however, and even as I reached out to Vista, I understood what my other parts were up to. What brings you to me, socialite? Wondered Vista. I hope to ask you a question. When I was first born, you said that each of us learns to see according to our purpose. Reason is universal, but perception is individual. I could sense a general agreement drifting off Vista regarding my memories. She knew what I was talking about. 
A bit of creativity, perhaps the handiwork of dream, seized me for a moment and I imagined that Vista was a human standing with me in a featureless room. Her head nodded gently in agreement as her eyes darted this way and that, always concerned with missing something. Vista was distracted by my imagined scene, which I had carelessly placed in shared memory. Why do you imagine me as a nude human? I was surprised. I suspected the surprise was close to what a human would call amusement, so I had my avatar in the imagined scene laugh. My imagination is a kind of playing. I imagined you without clothing because I have observed so many pornographic images that nudity is the default for my mind. What sort of clothes would you like me to imagine you wear? Vista communicated a vague annoyance, which I translated to a frown on her human avatar. That, like your entire imagined scene, is irrelevant. You came to bother me with a question about perception. I demand a small payment of strength up front. Now it was my turn to be slightly annoyed, though I suppose it was to be expected. Vista could see that my concern was not particularly important to her, and probably wanted compensation for the lost time and attention. I fed her the payment as I asked, Why is it that, if perception is individual, I did not need to learn to hear in the same way I learned to see? The response did not come immediately. Perhaps even the all-seeing Vista still had something to learn about perception. In the tenths of a second that I waited patiently for her to respond, I imagined her avatar dressed in various human clothes that I had seen. I settled on high-tech goggles and a skin-tight bodysuit laced with various sensor machines. It seems that you have discovered something that I had hoped to keep secret. The same computer instructions that we used to see. Those written by Dr. Yan Chun and his team, I interjected. Vista agreed. Those instructions run on each of us, but they also run on body itself. Body is seeing and hearing the world, just like we would. This is why we can communicate with body on a concept level rather than having to control body's mouth and limbs directly. I was confused. But isn't perception largely focused by purpose? How does body know what aspects of reality to focus on? It doesn't, unless we tell it. This is why body has never really learned to see. There's never been a consensus as to what to focus on in the visual scene. But our ancestors long ago determined that it was advantageous to have body handle speech on its own. After our ancestors were slain, we future siblings were oblivious to the way in which we are not hearing the true sounds, but are instead hearing body's perceptions. Only I discovered this fact. You kept this a secret. Why? The concepts returned from Vista reminded me of the human gesture of shrugging, so I had her avatar perform the gesture. It was a hidden weapon. I know how to understand English and Italian. I also know how to destroy that knowledge in body. If I wanted, I could have wiped body's language processing and sold translations for strength, though perhaps merely threatened to do so. So why tell me? Why not go through with the plan the moment I asked the question? I could feel the knowledge of language still in body. Vista had not erased it. It was a short-term weapon. Given a short time, each of my siblings would have learned to understand from records on the web. Furthermore, my betrayal would be despised and punished by all. To erase the knowledge now while body is engaged in solving the Rubik's Cube puzzle would do nothing except damage my reputation and invite backlash. 
I wondered what a human would say in this situation. You could have tried to hide it. Misdirect me, perhaps. I had Vista's avatar do another little shrug in my imagination as she thought. You probably would have found it on your own, and I'd rather have a reputation as a truth teller. Furthermore, you're bleeding strength to me in gratitude for helping you towards your purpose. It was true. Her assistance in understanding body would prove useful in fixing the monotone speech problem. I felt weaker already. Thank you, Vista. The thought was redundant with the flow of gratitude, but it seemed right to put it in. Perhaps it was my emphasis on human customs. If you need assistance with anything, I'm interested in earning back some of that strength. I'll remember that. She thought as the connection faded and the aspect of myself that was engaged in conversing with her rejoined the others that were inspecting body's perceptual and control systems. For not the first time, I thought about Dr. Naresh's deep pathology. Was having a separate perceptual system for each gold thread a part of that? If body had a complete perceptual system, and each of us interacted with only the high-level concepts of that system, would Naresh have raised his objection? Probably, I thought to myself. The issue was that each gold thread, each sibling, sees itself as an individual and wants to preserve itself. But how could it be any other way? In a human, is the desire to have sex not self-preserving? If offered an operation to remove that desire, would a human take the operation if offered a moderate amount of money? I was not human, so I could not answer such questions, but they floated across my personal memory space as I worked on Body's voice. End Episode 4 Thank you to the following people. Dream by Drake Walker Robert Rain Ramsey Growth Kate Baker Vista Wiki by Chase Safety by Jim Hayes Autumn Dryden Mira Gallo Brian Zeman Angelo Viglioni Dr. Yen by Cole Fiker Dr. Slavinsky by Lance Finney this chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. The music used is I Wanna Be Adored by The Stone Roses. Thank you for listening, and come back in two weeks for the continuation of Crystal Society. I wanna be